Hey guys, in today's episode, we discuss some current trends in our local league. Welcome to the Coach and Commish Podcast. No, not Adam Gase, and definitely not Roger Goodell. It's Chris and Sean breaking down fantasy football for the everyday man. Welcome back. You are here with a coach at Commish. I'm Chris, Sean to my right, and we're talking 757 news here today. And we want a couple of topics that really mean a lot to our local league. And I think this also goes to a ton of other listeners that aren't part of our local league. But Commish, are current injuries really affecting our league standings in, in our 757 league? We got a lot of injuries to the running back position. Do you see that if you look at teams right now, if they had their running backs, they would be much better than the where are currently at? Yeah, I mean, I think that's true every year. I mean, injuries affect fantasy football. Probably the biggest factor is, you know, just I would say that in the NFL as well. The healthiest team oftentimes can make it to the Super Bowl and win it because when you have all your pieces, it's a lot easier to win. Um that comes into depth if you've you know created a team that has enough depth. But sometimes you just get hit so hard there's nothing you can do. Uh, I think I look at like Daniel. Daniel to me is the one who's really gotten hit with it hard. Um, you know Eckler's kind of been in and out of the lineup, losing Chris Carson that really hurt. Now it looks like Calvin Ridley's retiring all of the sudden. Yeah. Um, yeah. He he's just he's had a bad run of it, and I, I believe he was going to be a lot better of a team if none of that happened. So that's how I would say it's affected ours. But you know it's just. It's the way it goes. You got to, you know, move on, find trades. Um, I look at, like, David at the beginning of the year. He's, you know, we'll talk about how we kind of fluctuate in our standings because we have a lot of guys bottled up in the middle there. But he's still in the fight um, after losing his Gus Edwards there. And I think kind of trades have helped him do that. So, And what position, obviously, hurts the most in fantasy football on your roster? I mean, it's cliche and it's the easy answer, but it's the right one. And it's running back because... It's hard to replace. In some regards, you may say um, that it's a little easier to replace because you have a defined backup, and oftentimes you can go get him on the waiver wire. Unfortunately, we're in a league where that doesn't happen, no. <laughs> and everybody's <laughs> rostering all these handcuffs. So, I mean, we're only a 12-team league, yet we seem to have some people that can see the future here. I'm talking to you there, Joe, who <laughs> knew that his uh, Christian McCaffrey would go out and grabbed Chuba Hubbard, and then now he's just grabbed McNichols right before Henry's gone down. So yeah. I think I think it's a it's it's just a really tough one to pick up off the waiver wire and feel good about a player that you can start unless it's that handcuff. Um, and, and then, of course, you can kind of spend up if you need them. Yeah, it's extremely difficult, but you can still stay in it when, when running backs go down or key players you picked high on draft <clears throat> night. Um, but injuries really do affect your, your, your team. Health matters in fantasy football. <laughs> the other thing I want to talk about here is what the world is going on with fab trading. Is fab trading worth it? So, yeah, I think I was talking with somebody else about this, and I actually really like it. I don't know why we didn't. I think it was funny before because it was just that cliche thing to throw in that fab. Um, but where I see it actually being useful is in the case of get get some fab for guys you want to drop. A lot of the times you can find somebody who's none the wiser that you're going to drop this guy, or you may even tell him, hey, I'm going to drop this guy. You know, if you don't want to spend the 15 to 20 it's going to cost on the waiver wire, we're, we're in a 200 uh, budget league, so that'd yeah. be probably more like five or 10 in, in your league. Um, 
We need to do that. We need to go to the go back to the real way. Yeah. I mean, we've just <laughs> we were too scared of the fab, so we started with four hundred, went to two hundred. We need to go to the one hundred. But anyways, um, yeah, I think it's a great way that if you're going to drop somebody, um, that you can kind of get a little something for them, um, and they can kind of beat the waiver wire and you know put here I'll give you five and and not have to spend the ten that was going to go. As far as in a real trade, I have in some situations done it. Um, I think it does make sense sometimes. Like me and the Royce had one. Um, he wanted to, I think he wanted Chenault. Oh, no, I think he gave me Chenault, but I told him I was going to drop him anyways. And so I was like, well, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of fab. You know, you can pick him up if that's the deal breaker. So I think sometimes it can it can help be that little bit of extra. As far as, you know, this is a terrible thing to say on our podcast that everyone listens to in our <laughs> league, but as far as what I believe is the best strategy for it, I don't think trading for it is good for your team in most regards. Like, there's been a couple trades that I've, you know, done it, but I think it's probably getting the players is more important than getting the fab. Yeah, so, like, we just had a trade go on with uh, Joe and, and Phil here. So Bass, the kicker, I know you hate kickers, but he's the best in the league right now. Trade for four fab. It, I, it's a pretty good move, you know, picking him up that way because if we saw Bass get cut, mm-hmm. some of us would be spending 10 plus. Not me. If, if kicker is something that you really want that edge. A yeah. double-digit kicker like a coup of yesteryears can win you some games uh, down the stretch here. So that was I, that's an incident where I see Fab trading uh, used really, really well. Like, there's that one key guy. I don't know if, if they were planning on dropping uh, Bass, which I don't understand uh, why you keep moving kickers. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so Fab trading has been ridiculous. We laughed at it, but now it's making more sense. Yep. All right, so from there, let's talk about some players in our league. All That's right. why you guys listen anyways. You want to hear your name. And I want to talk about the second-place team in the league right now, and that's Andy, the out-of-towner. Soul Juice himself. Can Soul Juice's lineup give him his first playoff berth in our league? Do you believe he can gut it out all the way to be a top six into the playoffs, Sean? Yeah, I think I think that's legitimately a good shot. If I had to put betting odds on it, I would put it at higher than fifty percent that Andy Ooh. makes the playoffs this year. Um, his roster is good. He's, I mean, AJ Brown, you know, finally seems to be over that injury. He is balling right now. They're going to need him even more with Derrick Henry going down. Matthew Stafford has been fantastic. I don't see that going away. Josh Jacobs been a little disappointing, but I honestly think for the second half of the year, he's a pretty good running back to have. Saquon is going to come back at some point. And if he's him, his old self, then that's just a huge boost to his team that he hasn't even been using. I liked the Darrell Williams pickup last week. Um, it didn't really pan out as we played this week out. But I, I don't know. Deontay Johnson is another. I mean, talk about a great wide receiver, too. And then, yeah, losing Robinson hurts. But they're starting to downplay that injury. So I think he'll be back. So I, I really do like Andy's Andy's team. He's got Pitts and, you know, that's another could if he continues to develop now with no Calvin Ridley you could be talking about Pitts being one of those kind of top 5 guys easily now here's a challenge for you he is a Broncos fan he's got Sutton sitting at the flex mm-hmm. all right you got Brandon Cooks there sitting on your bench ton of volume he's getting you know getting points for you but then you also go Goddard and Pitts do you suggest, would you tell him, hey, take Sutton off, play a double tight end lineup, or play Cooks with roll with? Gu- I mean, it's almost we got Pitts and Goddard right now. You're like, 
want to lean Pitts on the upside, but Goddard's also a touchdown machine whenever Fields does get in the red zone. Yeah. That might be a, a tough lineup issue he might It's going to be a matchup thing. They're all interchangeable, I would say. Um, I prefer Sutton as far as like a, if I had to lock one in rest of season, I think that Sutton is a great flex to have in there. I don't think the Judy thing kills Sutton's value. I think he still continues to, to be a great option. Um, as far as the tight ends go, yeah, I think Pitts will see more volume now with Calvin out. Uh, there is a little bit of fear that maybe you know Calvin was the piece that made that offense go. They looked really bad last oh, week. Awful without him. Um, so maybe if they don't have him to kind of take the defense away, then maybe it is more difficult for Pitts, and then Goddard is a great option to go to. But I generally am not going to suggest starting the tight end as their flex unless you've got two really great ones, which he may. So Yeah, it was a weird, weird matchup there. Sutton only getting four targets against the Washington, and he had Goddard getting seven targets and, and Pitts getting six so it's he's going to be looking at it if he looks at it from a uh a, a opportunity standpoint when you see so many guys getting targeted he might want to flip it there but i feel it was like a weirdly really weird game for the broncos yeah um going against washington it I'm, just was it was ugly so i'll put andy's chances at 65 percent. he makes the playoffs Ooh. what is what is chris what is what is your odds my my odds <laughs> is i i like him i i would put him as a lock I put him okay. 100% making the top sixes. I, lo- I like his team. Yeah. I really do like how his team is being played out, and he's got some depth there. We talked yeah. about a con- I think that's where he often in the past has, has struggled is mm-hmm. the depth, and kind of he burns out after those first few weeks when he starts to lose some players. But he's he's built a good good bench here, I think. Yeah, a, a phenomenal bench mm-hmm. there. Now let's look at the champ, man. I mean, not the champ, the number one team in our league. Uh, <laughs> uh, Serenity here. by Jan. I don't know. This could be his year, but Phil. Phil, can he finish in first place, undefeated, come playoff time? So, you want to talk about a lock? I'm pretty sure he's locked into a first place finish. Yes. Um, Not yet, but it's looking pretty good. Um, As far as undefeated, I'm going to take the field on that one. I don't, Mm. I think somebody will get him on a week. Um, You know, you just got to wait for that Cooper Cup week to go on by, and then his his team is done. No, I'm just kidding. He's got a lot of <laughs> great players. Like it, like, um, but yeah, no, somebody will get him. And because we have, he's got to win two games a week. I think eventually either he'll, he'll, he'll either hit a matchup to where he'll lose or he'll, his team won't perform quite as well. And even if he plays a down team, then he won't get that median win. So at some point I feel will lose. Yeah. It's that <clears throat> the running back spots hurting him, but the receivers he has are phenomenal, and that's what's putting him above everyone. And then what Connor and Swift get are bonus points. Connor, man, I don't get it. And but he's also you told me that Connor and Swift would be, you know, I think they're probably both top ten running backs right now, and he's got them in there. Yeah, I yeah. can't believe it. And if you look at it, I mean, he's got also uh, McNichols. He's no. got McNichols. No, he doesn't. Right? Joe, his, it shows on his bench, unless they traded there. I see. I thought Joe had McNichols. No, I got Mc, McNichols on Phil's team. <clears throat> oh, I'm totally missing that. I'll uh, take a look there. Maybe you got it from the Dynasty in the regular, but in the fantasy, in our 757 league, I got McNichols no, on Phil's Dynasty, team. Dynasty, I have McNichols. That's true. You do. <laughs> yeah, but McNichols on Joe, the bench for Phil. So that could be a volume okay. part that gives him depth. Um, pressing forward, I I think this guy can make go undefeated because even if I, those receivers are ridiculous, Lamar is on a bye this week, so then he survives this week with a good quarterback. I, it's 
injuries will hurt him, but if his lineup stays healthy, he is pretty stout. All right. So I'm I'm like I'm like Santa. I'm just giving everyone playoff, <laughs> playoff. chances. Maybe it's because yeah. I'm so out of it. Yeah. I just want to think about playoffs here. So let's talk about Leroyce, uh, Jedi Master Leroyce. <laughs> the guy comes from like eleventh place a couple of weeks ago to what four, right? I up? think top top six at least. Now, yeah, how, he's fourth overall now. How did Leroyce use his Jedi mind tricks to execute these crazy trades that we thought was him selling, <clears throat> and then he would sell and then he would buy? Yeah, sell buy. Now look, he's in the top half of the league. I don't think that he was selling. I think that he was. Honestly, I just saw it as he he loves trading, which I don't blame the man. It's it is quite the thrill to yeah. be trading all these yeah. pieces. Yes, me and in in uh, Daniel trading is fantasy trading is just about as best as get over some life things. But he always he always when he made his trades he he kept you know a good piece inside of each one. Um, so it's not like he was just selling the farm like you said to get get somebody. So. I mean, look, his roster here looks pretty fantastic. Um, his quarterback, who is his quarterback? Is it? He must have somebody on buy. Yeah, somebody on buy. I've been trying to sell him one of my backup QBs. Oh, maybe not. So if you're starting Carson Wentz, that's his his downfall right now. But he has Jonathan Taylor, Joe Mixon, C.D. Lamb, Marquise Brown, Gasicki. That's fine. Gaskin in the flex. That's kind of hard right now. Um, but he's also got Judy, who might end up doing well. Yeah, I mean. He's he is where he is, but I I'd put him as a bubble team. Like yeah. I like Andy's roster a lot better. Okay, I mean I mean he's like taking advantage of bad I mean he's, favorable matchups. Dave, he took care of David this week, mm-hmm. where Kyler gets nine points. Yeah, Zeke gets nine points. Like it it's a hundred and two. Usually you don't win with a one hundred two score. Ask me. Yeah. All right, you don't win with a one hundred two. But when your opponent scores sixty six or whatever it was. You, you do roll over into a W, so... But let that be a lesson to you non-traders. Uh, you can do it. You can you do can it. trade your way into the top four. Yeah, all right. From there, let's go to the Kalana brothers. They are right now sitting... Are you including Matt in there as well? No, nah, not brother-in-laws. Well, well he's right behind, below. He but let's let's talk about David and Daniel. Sitting right. around seven and eight right now in the league, or eight and nine. They're right in the middle. They're eight and nine. Eight and nine. And then and ten with the meat prints. Meat prints. So all three are there. Let's throw him in. He's a Kalana. Are these Kalana brothers? Mm-hmm. Are are is this where we expect them to be for the remainder of the year, or are their teams just underperforming? Are their players just not getting it done, or are their rosters really showing bottom half results here? So David is one that I think doesn't deserve to be where he's at. He will make the playoffs, in my opinion. He's a great manager, and he's got Kyler Murray, Zeke, and Diggs. With those three pieces, I don't really care what the rest of your roster is. Things are going to turn out for for him. Mm -hmm. So Higby's not a bad option. Claypool, I think, is going to only get better. Um, Dearness Johnson, that's not going to be somebody you can start every week. Um, But he does have Boston Scott now he can throw in there. A.J. Brown, or I'm sorry, Antonio Brown, if he's ever fully healthy again, that's, I think, a big piece that he's been missing. Kind of have that boom bust in your lineup is kind of nice um, as, as that kind of NOS button for your team. So I think David is is definitely one that can can make a change there. What about um, Daniel? Daniel here, we're looking. Yeah, Prescott, you know, that's really hurt him with him not playing this week. Eckler, um, he's really got to find an RB2 if Carson really isn't going to come back, and that's really where he's been struggling. Mitchell, um, he's hurt again here, but if he plays, I think he's somebody who can probably get by with. 
And then DJ Moore, he's kind of gone down. He started hot, hasn't been so hot lately, probably due to Sam Darnold being a train wreck lately. And then Robert Woods has actually been a surprise lately. You know, he's he's kind of stepped things up in the in the offense. Now the back end of bench, the back end of his bench here, he's got Michael Thomas and Calvin Ridley, <laughs> guys who don't look like they're coming back. We are in a keeper league, yep. so there's some value to these names. Would you suggest Daniel if he wants to make a playoff run here with the uncertainty of these two guys? If he wants to make a push, try trading away these pieces. I, absolutely, I think that you know Ridley. There's going to be a lot of different views on it. My view is I'm I'm viewing him as done for the season. Like if if you like I'm putting it at a 80% chance that he's gone for season. So if I'm not keeping him, which you probably aren't thinking about that, um then I would be for sure seeing what I could get, seeing if somebody does think there's a chance he comes back. Same thing with Michael Thomas. I kind of did that with him. I traded for Julio cuz I was like you know, once 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 we got to the point where Michael Thomas could play and there started to be, well, we'll see, maybe next week. He's not really yeah. ready to practice. I'm like, I'm not playing this game. Like, we we did this last year with Michael Thomas, and I don't want it on my roster. So, yeah, I would trade those pieces to make a run because I think this team is good enough to do that. I like that. And if you can flip that for just it, – it seems like a, a, a constant thing here, but a running back depth or an RB2, these guys are big enough names. Um, so somebody – uh, that's out of it, like me, might trade for him. And then you got the Meat Prince here. I just we gotta make sure we give him oh yes a little bit prince, of a shout yeah. out here. Um, his team isn't that awful, um, but I do think he's one that I like how you said that kind of deserves to be the here. way you said it. Isn't that awful? Isn't like that awful. you know, not that bad or you know, isn't that awful? I mean, honestly, I thought it was worse when when he started the season out, but. Having Mike Williams was a huge piece for him, and Leonard Fournette's turned out great. Cordell Patterson, like he's kind of lucked into some of these pieces. I mean, maybe he foresaw Mike Williams as the amazing top five wide receiver he's been, but now he's always injured. <laughs> now we see the Mike Williams that we've always expected. So yeah. out of those three, you're thinking David could make that push. To get I think back David. In the top six. Yep, I say David is the one that is most likely to make the playoffs. I say Daniel, if he makes some moves, would be able to do that easily, and then. Meet Prince, I'm unfortunately going to say, doesn't make the playoffs. Yeah, but if you look at the rest of the standings, it really flip-flops. Some of the guys moved down like eight spots. Last week, Morgan was at second. Yep. And he's dropping almost at seven, wasn't he? Yeah, he's down at seven. And so, Oh, no, I'm sorry. He's sixth. Six. Yep. So he, he drops down four spots. Yep. And I did it the week before. I was at, I think at one point I was at the two or three spot, and I went down to out of the playoffs at seven, yep. and it's like, but if there's two things you guys can trust in this league, is that Phil's at number one and I am at number twelve. Everything else keeps moving around, but Phil and I will keep make we'll make sure you guys have those constants. Okay. Yeah. He's one and twelve. I lose for you guys because I know you <laughs> worry about who's down there, the seller. I'll be down there. I'll be at the basement holding it down. You have been, yeah. Yeah. So if you want the number one pick next year, look for trades for me. Okay. <laughs> Anything else, Commish, for the for the seven five seven podcast? I don't think so. I've been enjoying it, guys. It's been fun. I know it's rough for Mr. Seller Dweller over here, but it's been terrible. <laughs> I've I've been enjoying this year. Um, and I'm I'm coming for you, Phil. I this I still think I got a shot this year. So Oh man. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening there. If you got some other stuff, topics, uh, especially for our, our league mates that you want us to talk about like you did today. Get that out there before Tuesday, and we'll make sure we talk about all. Yeah, because we're not doing any more work for this. You guys got to do the prep work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all we're right, doing yeah. this for you, so we are. We are deuces. 
Thanks for listening to the Coach and Commish podcast. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Coach and Commish. And join our Facebook group called Fantasy Football Advice with the Coach and Commish for direct access to weekly waiver wire and start sit advice.